Good morning. I am glad to be with you this day. I want to thank your pastor for this invitation. Yes, that I share, share with you today. It's a good day. And every day in which we start fresh, knowing life is a good day. And it provides us with marvelous opportunities to excel. This morning, scripture this morning lesson and the theme, Walking with Jesus. I was faced with the challenge as to how I could over, give an over an arc to that walking with Jerusalem as we walk, move through Lent. And it occurred to me that we all walk with somebody. Or, and I wanted to talk about the fact that, share with you at least, that the fact that you're here this morning is that you're on the walk. You were called. Jesus has been in the business for calling people through the years, saying, come, follow me. But everybody that follows Jesus and do great works are not necessarily walking with him. They may be performing tasks or being involved, but they may not be walking with him because to walk with Jesus means that you have aligned your life with his, totally and committed. We give a lot of time and effort to a lot of things, but we don't necessarily align our lives with all of the things that we give our time and our effort. I was sharing with the morning congregation that some years ago, I had a bishop that had an unusual habit, and I didn't understand it. I chalk it up now to youth. But when he wanted to make a point or say something, I was pastoring at that time in Alexandria, Virginia, and his office was in Washington, D.C. He would call or he would come over and just show up. And I, being a young pastor, would say, come in, come in. I, you know, I wanted to get the coffee, do all of the things that you want to do to impress your superior. And he would say, no, uh, come take a walk with me. We would go out, and we would walk, sometimes three, four blocks, and he would be talking as we walked. And to me, it seemed like it was rambling. And then we would make our way back to the church. And I say, sir, come in here. He says, no, I'm going to be getting on back to the office. And he would get in his car and drive off. And I would be left standing there, Pastor, about one, back I wonder why in the world have I had this experience? Have any of you ever worked for anyone that stopped by, asked you to come go with them, and then after the conversation they just left you? And it was after I began then to process what had happened that I discovered that on that walk I had been privileged to some information, some intimate looks at some things. 
And by walking, it forced me to divest myself of the energy to resist it, but just to absorb it. And in processing it then, bits of truth and nuggets of wisdom would just fall out. A week or so ago, I was reading one of the habits of six habits of successful people. And it said one of the habits that one of the successful executives says that every evening before he retires, he takes a walk of about 30 minutes to just to declutter himself of the frustration and the things that he had to absorb that day. And he uses that time to meditate, to reflect, and to get in touch. When Jesus calls us and asks us, said, come, and says to us, come follow me. I want to walk with you. It involves three things that I would like to lift up this morning to you at this point. The first one, when you're walking with Jesus, it requires an involvement. You cannot walk with him and not be involved in life. You can't say that you are a follower of him and not be involved in life. Because to say that you are a disciple means that you cannot sit on the sidelines and watch things happen without becoming involved. Let's just take a look, if you will, for a moment at some of the things that Jesus encountered as he was walking toward the cross. He made a point of stopping by places where Others, respectable people, may not go. He had a dinner with a tax collector. He hung out with a few sinners and talked to them. People who had illnesses and diseases that was the scourge of the day. He stopped by to see them. Went to a cemetery to call out demons for a man who was there just because he had no other place to go. Stopped, went out of his way to help a man who had, who needed some help and was hungry. You see, Jesus was involved in life. And if you are a disciple of his, Walking with him each day, you cannot help but to be involved. I know what we're saying, what you're probably saying. I have done my path. I have done my deeds. I have raised my families. I have started my career, and I'm at a point now where I want to enjoy the fruits of my labor. But Jesus says, says that, no. Your work is not done. Until the least of them are fed. To the least of them are clothed. To the least of them have heard the good news that I come and am willing to die for them. So you have to be involved. The second is total is commitment. Sometimes we get involved in organizations, we place our names on the roll as we and we pay our dues, but we are not committed. See, those that walk with Jesus realize that their life is not their own. It's his. 
and they trust him. They trust him. You see, there's a tendency with all, at least I cannot speak for you, but with me. Oftentimes I said, Lord, let thy will be done. And then I put a little footnote on it. (laughs) Based on the following things that I think is right. This, this, and this. And if this happens, then your will has been done. And if for some reason they happen, I say to people, you know, the Lord spoke to me and it's happened. But if for some reason it don't happen, I keep it, I say I'm wondering, I'm waiting on a word <laughs> from the Lord. But if you are walking with him, you have to have total commitment and belief and faith that whatever he said that he would do for you when you started, that I'll be with you. He's with you when you don't even understand what's going on. We live in a society in an age in which technology have allowed us to feel that we, know, we can predict or have some idea reasonably sure of what's going to happen. But if you're walking with Jesus, just when you think you've got him figured out, he turns the page. And ask you to do something that you may not want to do. But you have to trust him. You have to be committed enough in the walk to say, Lord, I'm with you. I don't understand it, but I'm with you. You see, walking with Jesus is kind of a unique. It's kind of like with children. I have grandchildren. And when one time I was walking with my grandson some years ago, his steps are not as large as my steps. So when I'm walking with him, it's smaller steps. And sometimes I feel that Jesus is saying to me when he's walking with me, Bob, your steps today are not as large as they should be because you're not totally committed, not totally trusting me. So he takes the time to walk with me. Then at other times, gleefully, when I can discern, we move along at a brisk pace. And that's the way it is when you walk with him. There are moments you have small steps, and there are moments when you take large steps. Then the third thing is faith. It's easy to walk with somebody when you know where you're going. It's really easy. You said, well, I can walk with them because if I don't get there when they get there, I'll get there in my own good time. I've heard people say that. But faith requires that when you walk with them, sometimes you're going in a direction that you don't know where you're going, but that you have faith that the one who called you and sent you out And he sent you out with a commitment. He sent you out with a guarantee. He said, where you go, I'll go with you. And then somebody said, Lord, what happens when things get tough? And will you be able to stem the tide? He said, let me give you my assurance that I'll be with you always. 
to the end of the age. I'll be with you in the words of a, one of the songwriters some years ago, what friends of ours, he said, well, I'll be with you in good times. And I'll be with you in bad times. I'll be with you in joy, but I'll be with you in sorrow. I'll be with you at the birth of the child when you're rejoicing. But I'll also be with you when you stand with tear-stained eyes and say farewell to a friend. I'll be with you when you receive the letter of congratulation that all is well. But I'll also be with you when you receive that letter that says you were not selected. That someone else was selected. I'll be with you when you have to say goodbye to a a loved one that you've known for 60 years. I won't leave you. One songwriter picked it up well some years ago, and he was talking about it when he says, you know, in this life, we're never alone. No, never alone. He said, I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But then, but then, I heard the voice of Jesus telling me to fight on because he's promised never to leave me. No, never to leave me alone. You see, if you have faith that whatever he promised, and that promise is that I'll be with you, that he won't leave you. Yes, it's the kind of faith that will, require you, or that will require you to stand when others say you should fold and walk away. The kind of faith that will require you to hold on when it don't seem like nothing else is worth holding on to. Because he promised that he'd be with you. And as we walk with him to the cross this year, we look at the things that happened to him. And we're reminded that if it happened to him, it can happen to us. But we have his assurance that I've overcome the world. And because I've overcome the world, I've gone to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also. And that one day I shall come back to receive you unto myself. When we walk with him, we walk in faith. Total faith. That's, I'm reminded that some years ago I had a friend. And we used to go places together. And he always drove his van. He had a Dodge caravan, and he loved that caravan. He used to drive it. We was in New York. We had been up in New York one evening. And he said to me, he says, I am really tired, Bob. I wonder if we can make it to the next place here. I'm going to pull over. And I thought we were just going to pull over, and he's going to take a break. We pulled over and he walked around and he handed me the keys and he got in on the other side. He says, take me on in. 
And I thought about the new van, said, I don't have the money to pay for this van. If anything happened to it, I said, but I got insurance. It'll pay for something if I have an accident. And then I got in the driver's side and began to drive. And I looked over, and after about 10 minutes, Sonny was sound asleep. So when we got back to Fort Monmouth and was pulling in the gate, he woke up. And I said to him, I says, you went to sleep. He said, I had faith that you could bring us in. He said, so I could rest. And I've thought about that through the years. When you have faith, and it's an abiding faith in Jesus, regardless to what happens, you can offer up your prayers in the evening and go to sleep, knowing that he will bring you in. You don't know what will happen in between, but this you know. That he's promised never to leave you. Never to leave you alone. So when you walk with him in the counting of his word, in good times and in bad times, you will always know that you're never alone. There are moments when you will feel his presence and others when you will feel alone. But you have his assurance. That where I am, you may be also, that I go to prepare a place for you. This morning, it's symbolic of that as we move toward the altar. Reminded of the fact that he says that I am going ahead of you to prepare. It's kind of like they used to say about the American Express card. It has its privilege. Membership has its privileges. Being a Christian and being a follower of Jesus and one who walks with him has its privileges. The privileges of being a member of the family of God. A savior who takes care of his own, who answers their prayers and who gives them nothing but the best. That's what it means when you walk with him. Nothing but good shall follow you. Nothing but good shall be for you when you walk with the Lord.